Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Tuesday, Bears fans. I am Brian Perez, and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Bears on this wonderful Tuesday morning, afternoon, or evening, whatever time of day it is that you are tuning in. And Bears fans, we have a lot to talk about today. A lot of news broke on the Alshon Jeffrey front, the wide receiver free agent market in terms of the asking price for top-tier receivers changed quite a bit with one big splash signing. Mike Mayock made some comments about quarterbacks in his NFL draft conference call and one of our top uh one of our most desired free agents on the market, one of the best safeties and overall defensive players in the league might not even hit the market for the Bears to pursue. We're going to touch on all those things today. And guys, hit me up on Twitter at Brian Perez NFL. That's Brian with a Y so we can keep the conversation going long after this podcast episode ends. You guys have been great yesterday on Twitter, really ever since we started taking the show over a couple of weeks ago here on Lockdown Bears. You guys, the back and forth has been phenomenal. It makes me look forward to logging on to Twitter every single day to talk Bears with all of you. While you're at it, make sure you follow our producer, Lauren Cox. He's at Cox Sports One. You can check out both mine and Lauren's work over at usatodaysbearswire.com. We're covering all things Chicago Bears from all angles, whether it's mock drafts, free agent scoops, stories, analysis bringing the latest news to one spot for you guys to log on and, and get your daily Bears fix. So check out bearswire.com after you listen to this show. And guys, head over to iTunes, give us a five-star review, leave a comment or two, help us climb the charts uh, when when people are searching for Bears podcasts. Like I said to you guys yesterday, we're setting records here on Locked On Bears with listens, and it all is because of you guys. So drop us a nice uh, a nice review or two on iTunes if you get a spare second, and obviously if you think the show is deserving. If not, let me know what you want fixed on iTunes on on uh, on Twitter, and we'll make sure that we uh, we we cater the show to your listening pleasure. But let's get into the big story of the day for Bears fans, at least. And that's Alshon Jeffrey. You know, just a couple of days ago, guys, we thought we had a glimmer of hope when we read that Alshon Jeffrey was going to be staying in Chicago for his workouts, off-season workouts. He wasn't leaving town. He was going to stay in Chicago, get himself ready for the 2017 season. And obviously, when you hear something like that, you you get that optimistic feeling that he, he, he's choosing to be in Chicago. That's where he wants to be. That's where he feels the most comfortable to get his offseason work in. And hey, that should be a sign. He wants to be a bear. He wants to stay in Chicago. This is his first choice. And here we are today, Ryan Pace, at least news leaked through the uh, the, the major NFL insiders saying that the Bears are not going to franchise him for a second year in a row, which we all pretty much expected, but it still stings a little bit when you think about the reality of what that means. Alshon Jeffrey is now going to be allowed to test the unrestricted free agent market, and it's always a scary and dangerous proposition 
when you have a player who's young like Alshon is, who has his level of talent, for him to be able to to pretty much sell his services outside of Chicago, he, he's gonna feel he's gonna feel the love from teams like the Rams, from teams like the Eagles, who need that big body to go to guy, that playmaker for young quarterbacks like Carson Wentz or Jared Goff. They need that security blanket. I mean, we've seen it time and time again in Chicago when all else fails, aired out to Alshon Jeffrey. When he's covered, he's open. So he's, he's a quarterback's best friend at wide receiver. So young quarterbacks like Wentz or Goff, you got to think that the Eagles and the Rams, they're they're chomping at the bit to get their hands on Alshon Jeffrey. And the risk now that the Bears run by not franchising him, or actually, if you date this back to last offseason, by not locking him up to a long-term deal at that time, is what is a long-term contract going to cost now? The, the news about Alshon not getting franchised this year broke, I would say, late morning, early morning yesterday. And then a couple hours later, all of a sudden, the wide receiver market takes a, a major shift upward in terms of the asking price that Alshon is probably going to be able to command now. When Antonio Brown signed his record-breaking four-year, $68 million deal to stay with the Steelers pretty much to the end of his career. I mean, he's a guy that he's got to start slowing down at some point, right? I mean, at least over the next four years. I think the four-year deal was probably strategically structured because by the end of that time, by the end of that that contract, he's going to be done. I mean, he, he's, at least he won't be the guy we've seen over the last four years, which last year, actually, a, a nearly 1,300-yard season was actually his worst year in the last four. He had seasons of 1,800 yards, almost 1,700 yards, almost 1,500 yards, back to back to back. This guy deserves every penny he's every penny he's getting to the tune of $17 million a year and a $19 million signing bonus. I mean, that's crazy numbers for a wide receiver, shattering uh, what A.J. Green was making last year as the highest-paid receiver at $15 million a year. I mean, he got a pay increase of $2 million a year over the highest-paid guy. And Alshon Jeffrey, he should send a thank-you card to Antonio Brown and Drew Rosenhaus for getting that contract done because all that does is set the bar higher to bring in Alshon Jeffrey. He's not going to make that money. He's not going to get $17 million a year. But we heard whispers from from Adam Schefter about, you know, what, two, three weeks ago when he was on a Philly sports radio station saying that he expects Alshon to get between 15 and $16 million on the open market. Back when that news broke, that sounded kind of crazy. I mean, $15 million, $16 million, that, that's money that's more than A.J. Green. That's, that's money more than Julio Jones. And as I wrote in Bears Wire a couple of days ago, I, I don't. I, no matter how big of a Bears fan you are, and look, we all bleed navy and orange, right? I mean, we want to think that the Chicago Bears players who who don that C on their helmet every single Sunday, that that they're the best in the league. We want to at least believe that. We want to cheer. For, we you know we we leave our heart on our sleeve when it comes to uh, when it comes to Bears football. But if you're being a realist and you're really evaluating the overall talent and production that Alshon Jeffries brought to the field so far through his career. He doesn't deserve A.J. Green or Julio Jones' money. I mean, he just doesn't. Now, you could argue, well, that, that was a contract signed a couple years ago. Money keeps going up. It's just the way the, it's just the, way the world. It's the way the NFL. You know, what, what was $15 million a couple years ago is $16 million now. And it's not even that a $16 million contract signed in the 2017 offseason equals the value of that $15 million contract signed a couple years ago by A.J. Green and Julio Jones. You know, that $15 million deal now might be similar to the $14 million deal that was signed per year. When I say $14 million or $15 million, I'm not talking about the overall uh, value of the contract. I'm just talking about a per-year salary here. When Des Bryant and Demarius Thomas both signed, I think it was the same offseason actually, when they both signed for $14 million a year, what was that, two years ago? 
that's that range of player would probably get about 15 to 16 million now. Antonio Brown is the new standard at 17 million. So if Alshon Jeffrey comes in at 15 and a half, almost 16 million a year, you could argue that's that's the tier. He's that next tier below Antonio Brown, which I think we would say is fair. But is that is that the kind of money you want to invest in him? I put up the question on Twitter the other day, would you rather have Alshon Jeffrey at 15 million a year or possibly a combination of Kenny Stills and Robert Woods for maybe 16 million total per year? That question might be moot now when reports are coming out today that even Kenny Stills might get 12 million, 12 million a year. I mean, it's nuts, guys. It's it's showing the shift in terms of the priority positions in the NFL where wide receivers are are basically the, the now the second highest paid position outside a quarterback and maybe offensive tackle. Wide receivers are right there now with those blue chip offensive linemen. And you understand why. The NFL is a, a pass-happy league. The Divas on the outside, I mean, they're going to sell jerseys. They're going to score touchdowns. They're going to sell tickets. So you got to pay those guys. But, you know, if Kenny Stills is a $12 million guy, I mean, if that is the market, if that is if that is actually the market for his services, then it becomes a little more logical to pay Alshon Jeffrey $15 million a year because he is, in my opinion, a tier above Kenny Stills. So if he's a tier below Antonio Brown and a tier, a clear tier above Kenny Stills, it probably comes in at about that $15 million a year. So expect him to get that, guys. He's going to get $15 million a year no matter where he signs. The question is, are the Bears willing to commit that kind of money to him? They showed last year they were with the franchise deal. That paid him just under $15 million a year uh, for the year. I know he didn't get that full salary because he missed four games. But, you know, on a per-game basis, he was paid like a nearly $15 million a year uh, a $15 million man. So the Bears clearly valued him enough last year in that prove-it scenario to pay him that kind of money. Whether or not they're going to get into a bidding war this year with the Eagles and the Rams and whomever else might be in the market for his services, I mean, is it crazy to think that Alshon Jeffrey might actually get a contract like Antonio Brown? I mean, that would be nuts. I mean, look, Antonio Brown, since 2013, has been arguably the most dominant skill player, regardless of position, in the NFL. That includes Adrian Peterson. That includes Le'Veon Bell. That includes all of them. He's been just a game changer. He has literally changed the outcome of games for the Steelers consistently for the last four years, whereas Alshon Jeffrey has, has actually not done that. In fact, Alshon Jeffrey has been more of a guy that we're waiting for him to become that. We're waiting for him to be the guy that changes games for the Bears. He had one really phenomenal year when he eclipsed 1,400 yards, had seven touchdowns. I believe it was 86, 88 catches, whatever it was. I don't have the stats right in front of me. But that was back in 2013, and since then, he followed it up with another nice season. I believe 1,100 yards and change. But he's, he's never really been that consistent, top-tier, go-to guy um, that the Bears probably thought he would have evolved into by now. And, and last year, he kind of bottomed out, whether it was his fault or not. You know, he, he actually was relatively healthy. The four-game suspension obviously tarnishes his year. And the, and the quarterbacks, Matt Barkley and Brian Hoyer, limited his ability to produce on a level like a guy like Antonio Brown or A.J. Green or Julio Jones. So if Cutler was healthy all year, we might be talking about Alshon Jeffrey coming off of you know, an 11, 1,200-yard season if he played all 16 games. And, and you're talking about a different analysis now because it's established production. Three of his years as a Bear, exceeding that 1,000-yard mark, proving to be the, the, the irreplaceable go-to guy. But Ryan Pace is rolling the dice here, fellas. 
he is rolling the dice on Alshon Jeffrey's loyalty being in Chicago, maybe being willing to give a little bit of a hometown discount if all things are equal, coming back to the Bears. I, I think that's what will happen if the Bears are competitive with their offer, if they're at least on par with the Eagles and the Rams and whomever else might pursue him. He's going to be a bear. But the question is, how much money are these teams willing to invest in a guy like Alshon Jeffrey? If Jeffrey becomes an Eagle, look, I got a lot of Eagles friends. A lot of my close friends, for one reason or another, are disgusting Philadelphia Eagles fans. And I, and I use the word disgusting, not, not as necessarily a derogatory term. But man, these guys are borderline obnoxious with their fandom. And if Alshon Jeffrey is a Philadelphia Eagle, you're going to see his jersey sales jump through the roof. You're going to see the excitement in that city uh, reach, you know, that same level that it had when Carson Wentz was 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 lights out in the first, you know, four to six weeks of his rookie season. That fan base is going to be out of control with an Alshon Jeffrey, and ownership knows that. Ownership knows he could be one of those guys that sells tickets just by him being signed to the team. So that kind of value. That kind of commodity on a franchise, beyond just what he does on the football field, tends to influence a contract offer. In Chicago, he doesn't necessarily have that appeal. He's a used car in Chicago. He's not a shiny new sports car. You know, that shiny new car smell is a lot more appealing when you have that free agent coming out of his first contract, going to another city, skill position player. He's going to be welcomed into that city like that shiny new sports car. In Chicago, you know, he's, he's, he's a certified pre-owned vehicle. We all love him. We all want him back. But is he going to have that appeal with the front office to, to go the extra mile to bring him into town? I don't know. None of us know now. And the fact that he's going to hit the open market with no ability to match the highest offer, with no exclusive ability to negotiate a contract with him, it's, it's going to be rough. I mean, and, and look at what's happening around the league right now. You don't even hear whispers of the Bears trying to get a deal done with him. Look what happened at a Kansas City today. Eric Berry, who I think all of us would agree, if he's not at the top of our offseason wish list in terms of free agency, he's real close to it. We know that the Bears secondary needs a lot of, of help. The safety position, as I talked about a couple shows ago, is like the new wide receiver slash offensive tackle plague of the Bears. It's just not good. Adrian, Adrian Amos is a good player, but he's he's far from an elite starter. But he could be made a lot better if you have a guy like Eric Berry, you know, manning the the the, the back end with him. But now that the Chiefs are talking about trying to secure Berry and locking him up to to a contract that would make him the highest paid safety in the league, I think he deserves it. And if they get the deal done, kudos to Kansas City. But why don't we hear any? We don't hear anything like that coming out of Chicago with. The Bears trying to get Ryan uh, to try, well, Ryan Pace trying to get a contract secured with Jeffrey before the bell goes off in free agency. We hear nothing about that. All we're hearing is they're going to let Alshon Jeffrey test the market. That's the exact opposite of what's happening in Kansas City, where they're making it known that they want this guy back. They're, they want to make him the highest paid safety in the league. Now, is Eric Berry a better safety than Alshon Jeffrey is wide receiver? Is Eric Berry a more valuable player to a team than maybe Alshon Jeffrey is? It's possible, and maybe that's why a team is prioritizing him in the news, You know, getting that out on social media, making sure everybody knows the Chiefs want him back. And if they make him the highest-paid safety in the league, they got to be. They're, they're, that means they're willing to pay him about $13 million a year. Tyron Matthews making $12.5 million a year. Eric Berry definitely deserves more money than Tyron Matthews. So if they're willing to give him that kind of money, I think the Bears would be in that range. I think if Eric Berry hits the market, 
The Bears will spend on Barry what probably some of us think they should spend on Jeffrey. I wouldn't argue that. I'd have no problem with it. I'd be fine with the Bears prioritizing Eric Berry over Alshon Jeffrey. But we could be hitting a doomsday scenario here. We, we could be looking right at a, a situation where the Bears end up with neither. Alshon Jeffrey leaves in free agency. Eric Berry doesn't even hit the market. And then what? Then we're stare, staring at those second-tier free agents in what is a critical, critical offseason for Ryan Pace, the entire front office, the coaching staff. Look, I'd be happy with a Tony Jefferson. We all would be. The guy's a good safety. He's better than anything we've had in the back end since probably Mike Brown. He would be a, a great addition. Not necessarily on the level of Eric Berry, though. Robert Woods, Kenny Stills, I like both of those guys. I think they're both capable of being productive starting receivers. You know, Kenny Stills has already proven it throughout his career. He can take a top off a of defense with the best of them in the league. Robert Woods, I think, just needs a change of scenery. I talked about it a couple shows ago. I think Robert Woods is a guy who's a 1,000-yard receiver in terms of pure talent. He would be a good addition to the Bears' offense with Kevin White. Imagine a scenario with Robert Woods, Kevin White, Kenny Stills, Cameron Meredith. You know, you're looking at some talented young players. A lot of guys who are just 24 and younger, 25 and younger in a, in a, in a wide receiver core with a lot of upside. So I wouldn't be, you know, it wouldn't be terrible if Alshon Jeffrey's gone and Robert Woods and Kenny Stills are suddenly brought in. But if Stills wants $12 million, I mean, give me a break. What is going on? I mean, maybe we just got to get over this and realize, hey, it's not our money that's being spent, right? It's not our, it's not coming out of our savings account. So if the Bears are willing to pay that money, you know, God bless him. If any team is willing to pay that money for Kenny Stills, God bless him. Kenny Stills has that same kind of injury history as Alshon Jeffrey. He's kind of established himself as, as really a one-trick pony, deep ball player, big play, field-flipping type of receiver. And that's valuable. That's, that's valuable to any offense, especially if you have a big-bodied possession guy. The Bears have two of them on the roster, even without Alshon Jeffrey. You know, Kevin White and Cam Meredith. So Kenny Stills would be a great compliment. But for $12 million? I mean, just, just it's, it's crazy. But look, we could lose Jeffrey. We might not even have a chance at Barry. And then you're staring at those second-level free agents as the players that could end up being the only additions for the Bears, aside from, obviously, other position groups if they want to go defensive line or, or if they want to you know, kick the tires on some of the free agent offensive tackles. Maybe even they spend some money on, on a veteran quarterback. We talked about Tyrod Taylor a couple shows ago, maybe Mike Lennon. I don't think that would get any of us really all that excited, but you're looking at if Eric Berry's gone and Alshon Jeffrey leaves, it's already starting out as a real disappointing offseason, right? I mean, how else can you look at it but say, God, it kind of leaves a little bit of an empty feeling if if you're not cashing in on one of these big-name guys on the market. And then that makes us turn our attention to the draft. You know, free agency is kind of a boring period where maybe some bodies are added, some good second-level free agents kind of fill out the roster guys, some guys that are going to start and contribute, but not really a blue-chip face of any one side of the ball. Eric Berry on defense, bring back an Alshon Jeffrey on offense. You're not really landing that guy, and you're getting those second-level, second-tier free agents. Then you're going to look at the draft as the one source of hope and excitement for the offseason, and Mike Mayock kind of was a wet blanket today, guys. I don't know if you followed his uh, his his annual NFL draft conference call, but I wrote about it yesterday on Bears Wire, and it, it, he's a guy that can single-handedly change the narrative of the NFL draft with one two-hour conference call. And he kind of started doing that today. If you guys took a look at anything he said today, I, I, the one thing I would focus on the most, especially for us Bears fans, is what he said about the quarterbacks. 
he said no quarterbacks are in his top 10 in terms of, of, of player rankings for this year's draft. He said uh, emphatically were his exact words that he would not take a quarterback if he was the Jets at number six overall. And I don't think that's because he doesn't think the Jets need a quarterback. They obviously do. But he said emphatically he would not take a quarterback there, which means if just logically deducing what he's saying, the Bears at three then, there's no chance and no way they should consider taking a quarterback. If a quarterback isn't worthy for the Jets pick at six, then there's no way a quarterback is worthy for the Bears at three. Both the Jets and the Bears have the same quarterback situation right now in terms of the guys on the roster. I mean, what do the Jets have? Petty? Hackenberg? I mean, that's that's garbage, guys. That you can't start an NFL season with either one of those guys as your starting quarterback. I, I would argue that the Bears with Brian Hoyer or Matt Barkley, which, by the way, Neither of them are under contract right now. But the Bears with Hoyer or Barkley would be a more appealing situation than Petty or Hackenberg. And he's saying, don't take a quarterback at six, New York. That makes me nervous. Mike Mayock's very good at what he does. I tend to trust my own eyes over anybody else's. But Mayock is an experienced, talented draft analyst who, when he makes an opinion that's that strong about a position group, you have to take notice of it. So he's basically saying Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Kaiser... He said Mitch Trubisky, later in his conference call, he said he's graded similarly similarly to Jimmy Garoppolo, who he had a second-round grade on back in 2014. And he actually, speaking of Garoppolo, he said that if he was the Browns, he'd be, in his words, quote, stoked if they ended up with a Miles Garrett or Jonathan Allen at number one overall and then traded the 12th pick for Jimmy Garoppolo. So what does that tell you? That tells me that he would rather have Jimmy Garoppolo at the 12th pick than maybe one of these quarterbacks if they were there. And that goes back to some other things we've been saying here on Lockdown Bears. Trade the three for Garoppolo if you believe he's the best quarterback in this draft. Because you got to basically factor him as a quarterback in this draft. 24 years old. You know, we've kind of beaten this dead horse here. He's 24 years old. He's just as young as, as some of the incoming rookies in this class. If you believe in your evaluation to him, that he has a higher projection. His projection or his ceiling as an NFL starter is higher than Deshaun Watson, Mitch Trubisky, Deshaun Kaiser, Patrick Mahomes. Then why wouldn't you trade the number three pick for him? Why, why wouldn't you? If you think he's a franchise starting quarterback, why wouldn't you do it? I get it. And I, I get a lot of backlash on Twitter. Oh, come on, Brian. You got to pay this guy you know, millions and millions of dollars. Whereas if you take a rookie at number three, you're at least insulated from a bus standpoint because his salary cap number won't be crippling. Sorry, guys. You, 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 can, you can check me out of that argument altogether. If you have a good starting quarterback, you have to pay that starting quarterback. And I understand that Jimmy Garoppolo, if he's traded for with the number three pick instead of maybe drafting Deshaun Watson, Jimmy Garoppolo's first start, his first contract, his first year with the team, he's getting paid like a very good starter top tier starter and we don't know if he will be that I get it so the risk from the dollars and cents standpoint exists but if you are evaluating a guy and you have confidence in your evaluation and you are saying this is our starting quarterback then you should have no problem paying the man like a starting quarterback so the issue is not how much are they going to pay Garoppolo if they trade for him that's not the point at all the issue is are do they believe Garoppolo is the guy if they believe he's the guy, more so than any of these rookies, make the trade, pay him his contract, and you got to keep your fingers crossed and hope that he doesn't bust. No different than if you draft Deshaun Watson 
or Mitch Trubisky or Deshaun Kaiser and hope he doesn't bust. No matter what direction Ryan Pace goes in at quarterback this offseason, if he drafts a rookie in the first round or he trades that pick for, for Jimmy Garoppolo, if that move busts, if it busts out, if it does not work, he's fired. The whole staff is gone. It's a do-or-die decision. So spending $15 million on your quarterback per year or whatever it would cost more than that maybe for Jimmy Garoppolo, do you think Ryan Pace or John Fox or anybody in that organization is going to care about how much they're necessarily paying this guy? If he busts or Deshaun Watson busts or Deshaun Kaiser busts, it's over. The tenure's over. So roll the dice, pay the money if you think this guy's the best in, in on the board and the best option available at quarterback for you. So, I mean, it, this, this wasn't a great day for us guys. This wasn't a great day to be a Bears fan. Alshon Jeffrey, we might be saying goodbye. Eric Berry, we might not even have a chance to say hello. And Mike Mayock's telling us Bears fans, pump the brakes on these quarterbacks. The quarterbacks in this draft all need time. They're not going to be day one game changing starters. My goodness, if that's all, if this is the, if this is all the reality that we're dealing with now as a Bears fan, no Alshon, no Eric Berry, no real hope for some kind of savior to come in on, on, on like a knight in shining armor through this draft. We could be, we could be staring down the barrel of another really difficult season to get through. Personally, what do I think about these quarterbacks? I understand Mike Mayock's cautious approach, and I, and I think, you know, Mike Mayock, from what I've, I've kind of learned over the last couple of years following Mayock and his assessment, he, he is kind of like a weatherman of draft analysis. You're going to see what he's saying now fluctuate greatly. I mean, his board flips and flops and flips back and flops again. It's like a dead fish on the beach or a dying fish on the beach. It just it, it, it has a life of its own. For example, Deshaun Watson, if he starts hearing rumors of Deshaun Watson being the most impressive guy at the scouting combine in terms of the meeting room and whatnot, suddenly you're going to see Mayock start hyping up Watson as maybe a top 10 guy. I mean, he does it every year. And that's not necessarily knocking Mayock. He's a busy guy. He's got a lot to do. And maybe he doesn't have a chance to dive as deep into the tape as some of us do where, where we're not you know, uh, expected to be on TV every night of the week. But Let's hold off, Let at least let's hold out some hope that Mayock's assessment of this quarterback class uh, makes a little bit of a turn as we get closer to the draft because um, he tends to have that that history where players right now that might be fourth or fifth in his positional rankings, you're going to see a lot of those guys end up second or even first when it's all said and done on his position rankings. And I don't know about you guys, maybe I'm missing something. But none of these guys are playing any more games. There's no new tape on these guys. There's nothing new to evaluate and study. We talked about it on yesterday's show with the scouting combine and how those numbers can complement your scouting report and maybe bring it to, can kind of complete it. But it's not going to change your grade all that much, especially not from a scenario where you're going to move a guy from maybe fifth in your rankings to first. So Mayox, you know, he, he does tend to rely a lot on the inside information he's going to get from the scouting departments, which that's great. I mean, it's part of what he does. He's, he's not only, and he's not a scout for a team. He's an NFL draft analyst in the media, and his job is to provide the fans with his own scouting opinion combined with what he's hearing 
and that ultimately results in his his final opinion, I guess, whether you want to call it his opinion or or maybe just a a end result of the process that he's reporting to everyone else. But you're going to see his rankings move, and you're not going to see any other college games played between now and his final rankings. So um, we'll see. I, I have a feeling that Deshaun Watson is going to eventually emerge as the top quarterback in this class, despite some wanting to now say that Patrick Mahomes could be that guy. I go back to when Tom Savage uh, a couple years ago was coming out of pit, and there was, as ridiculous as this was at the time, I mean, he was a guy that most people thought was a day three player on tape. And all of a sudden, I mean, there was whispers of him possibly being a number one pick. I mean, the, the number one pick without playing another college football game simply because, you know, he had a nice arm, a live arm. It was crazy the fact uh, how he was able to see a fluctuation in his draft stock simply because probably a one scouting, a college scouting director, maybe a GM or two, started floating out the the rumors about how they loved him and how they thought he had high upside. And then these rumors just take on a life of their own. It's almost like the popular phrase we hear right now, fake news, right? I mean, that's like the new the new way of uh, describing a lie or a bluff, you know? You're going to hear a lot of fake news when it comes to the draft assessments of these players as we work our way through the next couple of months. And it's not going to be the, it's, it's, it's going to apply to every position. And right now, what Patrick Mahomes and, you know, we saw it with Nate Peterman before the Senior Bowl. I mean, remember Nate Peterman was suddenly a guy that everyone thought could be like a first-round player if he has a good Senior Bowl? I mean, he's not. He's a day-three guy. He was a day-three guy in tape. He'll be a day-three guy come NFL Draft Weekend. Maybe he sneaks into the third round. But it, it, he's just, you know, the tape doesn't lie. And when it comes down to to the tape, Deshaun Watson, in my opinion, is a top 10 pick and would be a great pick for the Bears at number three. We'll see if Mike Mayock's opinion ends up circling back all the way to what it was, what the masses were saying back in August with Deshaun Watson being a number one pick candidate. You know, right now he's slipped and I think, you know, he's going to he's gonna slowly elevate back up like Marcus Mariota did a couple of years ago. But guys, it was a tough one for us today, right? It was it was uh, yesterday. I mean, it was a, it was a tough one for us yesterday. We uh, we we didn't get a lot of positive vibes in, in Bears Nation, and hopefully today, tomorrow, over the next couple of days, the scouting combine. Maybe we hear some rumors about Ryan Pace trying to work something out with Alshon Jeffrey. Maybe we hear some news and rumors about the Bears and Patriots and in some deep, heavy negotiations for Jimmy Garoppolo. Who knows? And, and anything could happen over the next couple of weeks. Um, and let's just hope that. The narrative that started coming out today doesn't necessarily work to foreshadow what's going to happen this offseason for the Bears because we know, you know, the Bears have a lot of money to spend and they have a premium draft pick. The last thing we any of us wants to see happen is that that money is not spent on a player who could bring wins to Chicago, and that pick is not spent on a player who could be a franchise piece, a building block moving forward. Today seems to suggest that we could be looking at an offseason with a lot of money and a high pick that doesn't result in necessarily the, the outcome that we want. But we'll be talking about it over the next couple of days and weeks as we get through free agency. Guys, I want to ask you again, head over to iTunes, give us a good review if you think we're deserving. Uh, hit me up on Twitter. Let me know what you think of, of what we talked about today. Uh, we're going to have another question and answer session on Wednesday with our producer, Lauren Cox. We'll start sending some questions along. Make sure you head over to iTunes and, and, and follow, subscribe to Locked On Bears. Head over to bearswire.com 
and check out all the work that we're posting over there about the scouting combine and, and any free agent news and rumors that we hear. And guys, it's uh, it's been another great day. I hope you have a wonderful Tuesday. And, and remember, guys, no matter what, the highs, the lows of the offseason, we're all in this together. We're bleeding the navy blue and orange, and we're all going to keep bearing down. <laughs> 